We are delighted to announce that we will be virtually performing our Christmas spectacular. Yes, it is a baubles out, no holds barred, festive feast, people. Obviously, can't do it for actual people, but we will be streaming it live to whatever you wish to receive said stream into. Go to our website for full details of how to have a very frisky and managed Christmas. It was acceptable in the decade It was acceptable at the time It was acceptable in the decade It was acceptable at the time Oh, hi there. Welcome to our podcast. We are Matthew Floyd-Jones and Laura Corcoran. Yes, me first, but actually uh, in the act with the other way around. She's frisky, I'm Manish. And we are currently discussing what was and was not acceptable in particular decades in popular culture terms. May or may not have been inspired by a song by Mr. Harris. Who knows? And we are looking turned out at acceptable in now what would you say the tens the uh, teens i mean is there an official have we, have we reached an agreement because we only just got out of it so i don't know if that's the, it the paperwork and i think we've, we've all been a bit distracted since yeah uh, 2020, 2020 it wasn't on the list of priorities was it no no uh, what are we calling that decade which we all want to go back to do we i don't know um i would say i mean i hear tens more than teens i don't a teens seems uh, more quirky and off the wall, which means I like Acceptable it. Acceptable in the teensies. Yeah, no, I, I mean... I'm go with teensies. I like it, but I think we made it up. We did. So, yeah. um, I'm having it. So, teensies. <laughs> Talk to me. What happened in the tens in the world we of pop? Split. I say world. I would, we're, we're UK bases. Pretty, we are, our vision is pretty narrow and, I you know. know. It's, oh God, isn't it? It's... We get it all from America or ourselves. We're awful. We're very limited. We need to open our minds. Sorry. Although what's wonderful about the, uh, towards the end of the teens is, I guess, is that K-pop became the biggest thing ever, didn't it? That is cool and yeah. weird. And I missed it. I mean, I have to say, I just, um, in preparation for this, I thought maybe I should just look into, I mean, I'm sure I know the, the major K-pop, at least one or two names or songs from it. I looked at this article. It It was... <laughs> it just was, I mean, I knew all the English words, and then whenever it mentioned a song or a name, I was like, I don't, I don't, maybe I've heard it, but I don't know it. And then I actually watched one, and I thought, oh, I've definitely heard that. So it's definitely a fabric of the, uh, you know, part of the fabric of. It is woven yeah. into absolutely the granny patchwork the, blanket of the teensies, the teensy um, tapestry, exactly. But um, I'm yeah. glad that you've looked a tapestry. I was going to say, but I thought tapestry's bold. <laughs> From my, from what I remember we of the are, teensies, we are nothing is, if not bold. Come on, <laughs> um, it's been discussed many a time that your stage look would not be out of place in a K-pop sitch. And I saw that. I mean, I watched one video of of BTS. I mean, I have heard of them. I mean, they are the biggest ones, aren't they? They're absolutely the the kind of the One Directions. And I've um, heard of them, but that's only because I tried to use the hashtag BTS for behind the scenes for something, yeah, and then was got, they that. got very confused. And that's how I found them. So that's you accidentally how used a really getting. popular hashtag. Sure, sure. Oh, oops. It's... Was that? Did that go to a million young millennials? Sorry. Oh God, they uh, were very confused by what they saw. <laughs> yes, no. BTS is. I mean, they're they're the absolute. You know, the the kings of the whole thing. And then there's a there's a, a female. Um, 
group uh, from South Korea called, which I've been reading up on, called, um, oh, I'm going to get it wrong now. Is it Black Pink or Pink Black? I think it's Black Pink. We never sounded older than this <laughs> is it, moment. Is it, bla- is it Pink Black? It's black it's pink. colours and I like it. True colours. Um, Pinky blue. I don't know. It's good. They, there's four of them. So they kind of, they're, they're like, kind of, it's like if Little Mix were from Korea. And yeah. um, also they have, they have this, um, they also remind me of that act that were on um, X Factor called uh, pow- Power of Four? Fourth Power. Fourth Fourth Power. We're really good at Fourth names, impact. by the way, just in case you're wondering. One None of, of these things main do I skills. ever, ever. I would not consider myself an expert in. But anyway, I guess it was just, I mean, we don't have to go on anymore about it. But I guess to your point about the teens being, you know, or our, ver- our view of the teens being so um, Western and white centric. I'm really hoping that even though I still think it's a major problem and needs to... Just everything just needs to really like refocus and all voices need to be heard and, uh, you know, inclusion of everything. Um, I do actually think that that did kind of happen. I feel like that's what's great about the K-pop revolution is that that really was a big old stride in that direction. I'm hoping that will continue. Let's hope. <laughs> um, I guess... Um, now, Matthew, sing one song from K-pop. I don't know. <laughs> Play Amy Winehouse again. You know, whatever. I, I need, I know. I need to be the change that I want to see in the world. Yes. <laughs> Um, oh, that was. I'm uh, but make don't a do it like I he did it, it because his his change was all the wrong kinds of change. So don't do those changes. But I mean, you know, talking about the globalization of pop. I mean, it's always been well. It it hasn't. It hasn't always been global. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, what came onto my radar, big styles, was the dance hall, um, because I got I got a bit obsessed briefly with Mia Jalieza. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm aware that one half of Major Lazer is a white American man called Diplo, but oh, him, yeah, I know him. The culture and the most of the artists are um, African American, I believe, or African, or mm. Jamaican, or uh, non-white, yeah. and that's cool. But that's not why. That's you know, that's honestly, you know, of course, incidental to. The vibe, the yeah, <laughs> the, the vibe the, the of these tunes. My God, it was like, and I, to be honest, I blame Major Lazer for everything being a bit dancehall for a really long time, especially inexplicably, tiny white Swedish girls. Who name names? All of the, Seats, you know, please. like, um, not Robin, please. Not Robin. Oh my God, though, Robin's dancehall album. I would really, <laughs> you here for it? Really like. I mean to. <laughs> <laughs> she's da- she's dancing on her own, but it's in a dance hall. She's just, yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> that was ridiculous. I actually don't know which Swedish people you mean, but um, it's not. I mean, it's not ABBA, is it? I don't know. You, you must you must mean someone more modern. Than that, oh my it? god! All of these things are things that I really, really now want to, to happen. Have, yeah, I want ABBA to have a dancehall album dancehall gimme 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 yeah that'd be good I think I'm mostly thinking about mo or mu or me whatever that however you say that Val yeah however you say that one she's on she's on uh, she was on the biggest song from that major laser breakthrough album right and uh, the lean on one you know do I know that one oh yeah (laughs) that wasn't very helpful no but actually it shows how long we've been working together that I went yep yep You went, oh, yeah, 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 there it is, yeah. We all need someone to lean on. That one. 
Um, Upbeat to lean on. Yeah, I like that one. I've, I like got, that one. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? I know. It's it's weird how, because obviously, like, when we first, when I was first thinking about, right, the teensies, and, you know, obviously my my heart kind of sank a bit because is it that sort of, inverted snobbery thing you have that kind of nostalgia for the past and that thing of like oh everything's just boring now and there hasn't been a good song for over a decade and uh, you know and that that thing as you get older that you realize you start doing and and then I was thinking but no there've been there've been some good ones even among the trends that maybe I don't like because I don't I don't like the dancehall trend particularly like it's not like I hear that sound and I go I actually hear that sound and go Oh, this is really just like <laughs> what happens now, Young isn't it? people. It's not a hall I want to be in. I want to be in a hall where they're playing the the jitterbug and and the, the, the jivey bop. You know, I don't want to be in a dance hall where it's, everything's just like, you know, weird sort of like honky, uh, echoey saxophones going. Is, they do a lot of that. It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Did I um, define that well enough? I don't you did it beautifully. I don't even know what I'm talking um, about. And That's did it justice. Point. That's the point. Undoubtedly. Just we'll, those, be, we'll be those, getting letters about it, I'm sure. <laughs> it's like those, it's like a Coast Guard horn or something, you know, just <laughs> over the top of like a kind of bouncing Afro-Caribbean influence sort of, you know, offbeat thing. And then you just have these kinds of weird, I don't know what the instrument is. The only thing I can think of is, yeah, it's some kind of boat, like, you know, going along with a, with a searchlight trying to find. No, no, no. Sorry. What you're thinking of there is Rihanna's voice. <laughs> well, I actually think Rihanna is responsible for why that instrument became popular. I have a lot of theories about it. For sure. About <laughs> yeah. Listen, no hating on Rihanna. Obsessed. But like, there is a certain a sound that comes out of that that woman <laughs> yeah. that is a foghorn. <laughs> Which and I actually I do it. think did usher in... I, I do think she is largely responsible for rushing in what something that I think is a big thing of the teensies compared to the previous de- generations vocally. Which is that... Do you remember the whole... You know, everything from Mariah Carey and um, Christina Aguilera, and well, certainly female vocalists of, of the era before, it was melisma. Melisma was the main thing, wasn't it? It was how many how many notes can you hit in one syllable? And then melisma I think, being, yes, multiple notes over one vowel sound. <laughs> sometimes multiple vowel sounds and notes all within, you know, four bars. It was it was crazy what, what they did um, and what they were going for. And then I just feel like Rihanna came in and just went... I just think every note Come should... Come here, boy, boy, can you give it up? Every note should just be... Just honk it out, make it as loud as possible, make them all even. Do you know what I mean? Like, no variation. Sing like you're an instrument that sure. is being auto-tuned and isn't being played with variation. And then I just feel like that, that really became fashionable at the beginning of this decade, you know? I mean, it's a big old slap around the chops of just like, yes, hello. I'm singing, you're here. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I, yeah, 100%. I mean, and I suppose that that's like on the flip side. And maybe this explains one of the things I did want to discuss about the tens, which is the, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a mystery, but the question as to why exactly Mm -hmm. Jessie J Mm -hmm. didn't nail it. Oh, I think we know why. I mean, she's apparently difficult. <laughs> is she? I didn't know that. I thought you were going to say it's because her actual name is Jessica Cornish. Jessica Cornish. She was in Whistle Down the Wind. Um, age 12. No, um, sorry. I mean, I, ugh, that, I just did the thing I absolutely hate, which is to repeat a kind of gossipy news story as if it's fact. I have no idea if she's difficult or not. I don't know. 
you know. I'm sure, she's a lovely lady. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Who, like, and also, who, who are the people saying it? she's difficult and why are they saying it? This is we, we need. That's where you need to delve. Is you know, is is f- why do we know about this story and who spread that story and is it is but it lots that- of people saying it and it becomes a thing that is just accepted, a la Leah Michelle recently, or is it something that is a kind of hack, you know, takedown job that someone the thing is. Has a, that Rudge. to the side, I don't actually think it's anything to do with what she's like because, please, how many pop stars are a dream to work with? Sure, um, point taken. I think there's, there was just something not clicking because she's, I mean, she's stunning, stunningly beautiful, which is what we require from our pop stars, as we know. <laughs> just look at Louis Capaldi. Um, she <laughs> is... <laughs> <laughs> When's she going to... Yeah, okay. <laughs> She is, I mean, she, she's got the voice. She has the voice. Does she, have, does she have the taste? This is a question we often ask. And this is other. the question we ask. And she was probably, alongside Beyonce, who, you know, she's, she's reached the status where she can do whatever she wants. Um, but she was, she was one of the few giving us the melisma through the tens. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's well, why it didn't work. But you know what? A, a very a, a style of melisma that I personally... I mean, I'm not a huge fan of melisma anyway, um, but I really don't love Jesse J's um, style of it because it's a bit like a sort of... It's a flutter. It's like... It's not... It doesn't feel... Bleating. Muscu- yeah, it, it... Well, actually, I was going to say bir- birdie. It's a bit to me Ooh. like it's sort of, you know, a, a bird that kind but of... But I think Birdie was very successful in the <laughs> teens. <laughs> birdie, I'm all for, but Jesse being Birdie, not sure. Um, I don't know. I, I can't even explain it more than that. I definitely can't do an impression of it. But sometimes she'll do something and instead of it being uh, a sort of a yance kind of melisma where it's just, it feels so muscular and like, you know, in sort of... Uh, what do you, what would you say? Grounded, you know, and Guttural. strong. Yeah, exactly. And just like powerful... Jessie J, of course, she's got a powerful voice, but some of her melisma, to me, is she'll have a powerful high belt, and then suddenly she'll be like, (laughs) and it feels quite thought. You know, it's like like you say, it's like a taste choice, very much taste. Whereas I feel like Yancey's singing right from the bottom of her like vulva. You know what I mean? And yeah, it like comes up through the pelvic floor. Well, yeah, Um, The, the dance moves would also you know, back that point up, I think. It looks they to me would. like... There are several <laughs> images, in fact, <laughs> circulating that... Yeah, exactly. That would, that would uh, yeah, <laughs> support that <laughs> argument. Um, yeah. And, um, in fact, funny you should mention Birdie, even inadvertently, because I think that was when we were um, thinking about Jessie J mm. back in 2011. When she first I think broke. we were saying that, you know, had she been a bit more Birdie, maybe... Things. I mean, even then, we were so prescient. How did we know? We knew, how we did we knew know she that it wasn't going to yeah, unfold? Yeah, we knew she couldn't maximise it. We knew if she carried on how she was, which she sort of did, um, that, you know, she, she'd already reached a certain echelon, but it would, you know, it would stall at some point and then she'd have to go to China and enter a reality show. That's what she did, isn't it? We knew it. We knew it. We <laughs> called it. So we were like, we just gave her a bit of gentle advice. I, I would say it was gentle. I don't think it was, you know, it wasn't malicious. No, not at all. It was a suggestion. Yeah, um, an excuse and, to do a silly joke as well, which is always good. And for it us. was it was suggesting that she should be in line with another phenomenon of the era, oh. which was, I think, I think Birdie typified. I mean, but let's also let's also um, mention at this point the the person who I actually thought of as the as the um, 
ideal kooky girl of the time that we wanted her to emulate, which was actually Ellie Golding. Do you remember? It was. Although yeah. Ellie Golding and then subsequently went major pop, like hair advert, like Pantene Pro V advert pop. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Pantene pop. Nobody saw that coming. <laughs> Maybe she was always going for that and she just thought, you know, let's, 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 let's get in the side door. She is like the kooky artsy girl who just suddenly realised she was She's hot pretty, and just yeah. went, <laughs> okay, okay, here's a crop top, she can do about it. Yeah, just be a model, a model who yeah. opens her mouth and sings sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And she's still a, you know, creative force. Um, <laughs> but yes, back in 2011, when she was sort of queen kooky girl. Yeah, exactly. We, we, we thought, what if Jessie went more down this line and this is how it came out? only if only if only we can fondly dream <laughs> no, this is the last thing i wanted to do i'd rather she do what she does now honestly i'd rather she flutter it's so horrible girl flutter away be the butterfly exactly. i'm afraid be. yeah if you if you if you ask me to to select between jesse and ellie for uh you know my personal what i would like to listen to it's it's jesse all the way even though i know i know jesse's not my favorite but i just i i, I rather someone sing I'd rather someone yeah. actually sing. That's fair. So we, so what we're saying is that Jessie J was acceptable in the teensies. At the beginning. Less so now. Oh, yeah, at the and beginning. And the kooky girl, is the kooky girl no longer acceptable or do we, are we still plagued? I think the kooky girl now, um, she has to be... I mean, again, it just we, we're gendering it, aren't we? It's all about women. Like, you know, do you have a kooky boy? I mean, is... is I mean, um, arguably... Is there a kooky boy? Arguably, you know... Your George Ezra's, yeah, you know, yeah, um, your Jake Bugs, 
maybe. Or well, he's more like guitar-y, Dylan-y boy. He's a bit more rocky. He yeah. wants to be. Okay. But, you know, he wants to be an Art- Arctic monkey. But George Ezra it, and then like... Is it just him? I mean, are there any other that just sort of, you know, they make sort of odd, unearthly sounds, none of which resemble what you would naturally do if you opened your mouth? So very affected kind of quirk. Who is that? Oh, well, like... Who is that? I guess For we had, like... Like, oh, I don't know. I can't years and years? Would you count years and years? Maybe, I don't know, though. Yeah. Kind of dancey, but... Yeah, because I'm thinking mainstream pop, because if you think of the mainstream pop boys, I mean, Sam Smith. Sam Smith is a kooky boy. Do you think? He's a kooky they. <laughs> well saved. Well, we'll cut Cute. <laughs> a, coo- a kooky them. Um, I, I t- really, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, an un- it's an unusual sound. I'll give you that. I'm but... going to say it. I'm putting my... I just... Oh, Bastille. The guy from Bastille. Mm, that's probably closer, you know? isn't it? Yeah, because Sam Smith to me is like, is soul. Sam Smith to me is kind of, um, you know... It, it, the, the, is it just a lisp? Am I just believing well, him? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can't pretend to like... Because I'm literally... I just thought of it when you said that. We've been talking about kooky girls and I thought, hang on, why is it girls? But then, I, you know, I, yeah, I, I think it's because there was that um, phalanx of women who followed, you know, or came along Pardon. with Ellie Golding. Um, who it was, there was sort of a, you know, the, the things they were singing about were also kind of otherworldly, slightly kind of, you know, like Florence the Machine, you know, running around woods, being a bit witchy, you know, the kind of Kate Bush element to it. Um, everything just kind of ethereal and on in that plane. And then also the vocals that they did would kind of also sound in some ways inhuman. And I feel like that was such a female realm. I don't think that the men went there like that. It feels it feels feminine. I would, uh, yeah, and I think it took a long time for men to come around to that. Yeah, it felt like the women were maybe ahead, or in terms of like being more sort of. I mean, it's always the way. It's, it's, I mean, and Gaga just well going right out to the <laughs> to the far reaches of what is human. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's well. Anyway, in terms of the kooky girls today, sticking with girls, I feel like the. Um, the one person that comes to mind who is obviously I think the biggest pop star right now of that of that generation is Madame Greenhair, um, who never really raises her voice above the softest of kind of song whispers. You know, she I mean, I think she does have a vocal cord. I don't know if she's got two because she never I mean, you never you know, it's never got enough power. It doesn't have the same power as when I just speak as a normal person. Um, but good God, yeah. she knows what to do with that half a chord she has. Listen, I was, I saw her at festivals whispering, wearing neon, doing a backbend. I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, remember you, no. I remember you saying to me, there's this new thing. I don't know how we can incorporate it because it's just, it's beyond me. And I thought, I was like, it's what? the thing that's made me realize I'm old. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that was how you introduced it to me. So then when I went to look it up, I was already, you'd primed me to go. I know. I'm sorry. What the hell is this? Um, and but. So then when I heard listen, it, I I'm went, turning right back around. Exactly. Because sit, sit down with the album on some headphones. Exactly. Stunning. Yeah. And, Stunning. And that to me, I mean, she's, of course she's kooky, you know, it doesn't feel forced all the time, maybe? I mean, I don't know. I don't know in real life. Is, is any of it real? Is anyone real? How do we decide Okay, let's who's not real? open this, please. Okay, for Stop there. Get back to, yeah. <laughs> You've been in lockdown too long, my friend. <laughs> yeah, fake news. Like, I can't. I can't. Understand. Nothing's real. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's, uh, she's reclaimed Kooky Girl for the mainstream and in a kind of dark, balls out kind of way. And a very 
politically sort of in tune um, progressive way you know I don't think Ellie Golding in 2011 was campaigning she's married a royal she went the other way she sang she sang at Will and Kate's wedding yeah exactly um whereas Billie Eilish I think is you know she's she's less likely to to be at a royal wedding fuck this person and you know writes for this thing um yeah I mean all for her don't own any of her music don't follow her all for her (laughs) 100% here for it to exist without my involvement without anything from me (laughs) just like all the rest of the world just get on with it fine yeah. Um, so I guess what we're saying then is that the kooky girl is continuing to be acceptable in her new form. I, I, I'm now wondering as a larger point, do girls have to be kooky to be allowed space when men can just be men? I mean, maybe kooky or sexy. You've got a choice. Sure. Se- you yeah. either can be really, really hot or really fucking is weird. Is that the Madonna whore complex of pop? Do we have men existing in a sort of authentic state of i mean question mark as to how many of them are are authentic but at least you know presenting this thing of they're just a boy with an amazing talent they're you know they're a man and that's all that matters versus all the you know your gaga kind of like huge great personas of crazy womanhood or alienness then you've got your kooky girls you've got your sexy girls you've got your folk girls like do girls have do girls have to establish something specific to be allowed whereas men can just be I don't know. I haven't answered my question. I'm asking it. I'm posing it. Oh, my God. I'm trying to think of her name and it's gone and I can't think who it is. Someone who's just a girl. Someone who's just a girl Gwen and she's Stefani. brilliant. Um, she was on X Factor. Um, she's a singer-songwriter um, and we loved her. We loved her. Did we? Yes. On X Factor? We did. Oh, we were um, very upset when she left. Not um, Spraggan. Lucy Spraggan. <laughs> Take it back. Lucy Spraggan. Take it back. Just is. Yeah, she was fine. She was there. fantastic. Yeah, fine. And she's all about it. And then what happened? Arguably, she's she... not as big as Billie Eilish. Yeah, I mean, is she? I, I honestly haven't thought of the name since that season. I is she still? Is she? Does she? Let me. Let me just. Could she? Let me just. Will she? You gonna? Uh, um, uh, I think she had something out. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> she had something out. A range of <laughs> Asda. <laughs> Potties, yes, new album choices out on the tenth, uh, no, the sixteenth of October, twenty twenty. Click to pre-order. Okay, let's let's do it. We well, let's put our money where our mouth is. Come on, Spragan. You know we have to be the change. We have to. We have to. You know it's all about money. We okay, have... You're only allowed to say that one more time in this podcast. What? <laughs> be the change. <laughs> yes. Can you tell I've been on the social media for the past two weeks, <laughs> looking at everything, being like, don't just perform it, do it. Don't just yes. post that. Donate. I see that. I'm happy you're processing all of this and it's a beautiful thing and that everyone will be better oh, well, in the end. I mean, I've got to, I've got to own up to my own <laughs> complete blind spots. So one of them is... <laughs> Lucy Spragan is one of them. One of them is paying for music because we all don't <laughs> want to pay for music. I mean, this is something to talk about in the teensies, how streaming overtook um, album sales as the... That's true. Acceptable in the teensies was... Well, not even robbing music anymore because we robbed the music in the noughties. Exactly. Sorry, everyone. That, that was yeah, the illegal. Um, and by the time we got to the teensies, everyone was like, it's too hard. I, Fine, have it. I also honestly think that that um, proliferation before of the illegal, you know, grabbing of MP3s from wherever you could in the dark corners of the internet just kind of paved the way for it to be 
when people would do that kind of on mass and no one obviously no one well i i don't i don't know any of my friends who did it who got arrested for it or ever became a problem then as that sort of was normalized then it wasn't a big step from there to then go why do we pay for music when which obviously you you know if you really think about it we know why we want to pay the artists who create the work but when everyone wants to get something for free and everyone just you know just wants That's to have it. as many it's things like, as possible I, of course i want you to continue and keep doing things i don't want to pay for it but they are going for free <laughs> and also uh, i want to what, uh, something else that i think is amazing about um a, a real positive about streaming obviously i feel conflicted about the whole you know the, the problematic position it puts creators in really deservedly being paid for their work but in terms of as a consumer i know so much more now about what i want to seek out and like because the way in which we stream means we don't have to financially commit to something and therefore maybe not buy it because we're not sure if we're going to like it you just you just it. it's like a cruise buffet you just go and try all the different things because you haven't bought the food you know it's like wandering half cut around a glastonbury bobbing into various tents and just going eh. if or if the tickets eh. hadn't been 350 quid and Listen. required a weekend of camping equipment that you bought because you didn't have it before sure yeah yeah glass yeah it's exactly the same i mean as if a cruise ship is free either yeah the, the analogy doesn't work um but <laughs> i do i do i do think that is something that nowadays it feels like you know people intentionally want to broaden you know it, it it's easier to broaden your own well there's interesting this is interesting about that um, that would suggest that our music taste should have broadened and the charts should be full of like anything. And actually the charts are full of the fucking Beatles and like old school, Be- old familiar favourites. Now I'm overwhelmed by choice and we've retreated. I know. Right back to Barry Manilow. Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Citation needed. Sweet Caroline is, I feel like it's all I've heard. But what's Barry Manilow got to months. do with Sweet Caroline? Oh shit, that's Neil Diamond. <laughs> Oh, God! Is that Neil Diamond? I don't know anymore. I'm questioning everything. Neil Diamond. (laughs) This is where, you know, usually we work in a a power structure where you are obviously the font of all knowledge of actual pop. But then whenever we get to the point where it's the Carpenters, (laughs) Neil Diamond, Diamond and Barry Manilow, classic old things, and I just go, Matthew, your time is now. Step up to the plate, bitch. Swings right back. (laughs) Yes, I'm afraid that's Neil Diamond. But, um, oh my God, is it Neil Diamond or is it Neil Sadaka? It's a Neil. It's definitely. That's it's, what I don't know. I've got to look now. What is it? it? Who did it? I'm pretty. I'm pretty confident it's Neil Diamond. It was Neil. Di- it was Neil. Di- it was Neil. Di- everyone calm down. It was Neil. Di- um, what did Neil Sedaka do? Neil Sedaka did. Don't take your love away from me. Which your mum absolutely. Oh, he's loves. very old, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I was going to say uh, is that yes, I, I absolutely concede to that point you just made about that the charts then don't seem to reflect what I just said. But I do think that it's that to get in the charts, it has to be a mass purchase but i honestly think there's probably a you know if you look at the top selling songs of now the top streamed things compared to in the 90s or the 80s when people were actually going and buying records there was less kind of access to it there were fewer people doing it there was fewer you know avenues of exploration so i it's a bit like when people you know tv shows back in the 70s like a premiere of a tv show would maybe attract 20 million viewers and now if something is a success in on netflix it's because like uh, some thousands of people clicked on it. You know what I mean? The numbers have just gone way down because the way we access things, it's not so easily measurable. Do you know what I mean? And therefore yeah, the chart, I mean, I'm this is complete waffle. Maybe there's a point in it, but the the chart is, is it's like, it's not the big peak of Everest. It's sort of, 
a peak of something, but then underneath that, there are so many little hills of where people have gone in different directions, but it won't register in the chart because it's just everything's spread a bit more, I would say. And also gone backwards in time, exactly like you said, because now we can stream old albums, old older things much easier than, you know, going out and buying them or ransacking our parents' collections. It's just, you can just explore the entire, it's, that's what the internet's great for. You explore the entire world. From and the other thing is, is that now everybody knows what everybody's listening to. Because back in the day, you could be listening to your Neil Diamond on repeat and nobody knew, nobody could do anything about it. Shh, don't tell us. Something that was acceptable in the teensies, which, um, again, it's something that we've talked about and something that we've covered. And it is the first... It was it was the thing that we were talking about at the time that I think made a lot of our audience feel old. Basically, what the Billie Eilish is to me now, yeah, this was to them then, yeah. Um, and I, its future, I would say, might be uncertain, maybe less uncertain now. I don't know, but I am, of course, talking about Graham. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Nobody knew that that was a thing. Nobody knew that finally. UK rap would find a voice that wasn't semi mid Atlantic, yeah, like aping of the, aping American you know, style. That yeah. finally there would be like a proper London sound, yeah, like really, you know, UK go from the streets, yeah. Which of course I know a lot about <clears throat> all those streets, yeah, all the streets. I know all the um, streets of London. Yeah. I've been on a lot of them in my time, I'll tell you. <laughs> not on not on the streets. I'm not <laughs> You're a street walker, is that what you're saying? No, I do I do walk out. on. Okay, sure. So anyway. Um Yeah. Very interesting. But Graham. Yeah. And Graham and Graham as well, like, yes, it was so freaking urban. I think it scared a lot of people because it was extremely youth. Um <laughs> But it went crazy pop super fast. Yeah. Because, of course, of a little trio. Who do you mean? I can't, I can't possibly think. I refer to the N-dubs. Oh, the N-dubs. The dubs of N. I mean, yeah, yeah. within a couple of years of breaking into the mainstream, uh, Graham had a, had a, had a, like, essentially a steps. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's quite a move. That was a, a long distance travelled. I, I hadn't. It hadn't occurred to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, they went from naught to dappy in like three record years. time. Yeah, <laughs> gave me a, a seizure. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I just wish I liked the sound. <laughs> <It's with> so <laughs> because you're things. so good at it, you could have been a rapper. No, I could not have been a rapper. No, I could get it. I just now I can't even do an impression of it because I just go too high and weird and just start barking and quacking. <laughs> I can't, I can't keep it normal anymore. It's just like, I hate it. That was, that was, that was the dappy end of the scale. Stormzy's kind of redressed the balance a bit now, I think. Stormzy, yeah. It's, um. He's got it a bit more back in its political, you know. Yeah, but it's. Angry youth area as opposed to like. But it's so earnest. I want to bone you. It's so earnest. It is so earnest. But it's, but no, because. Here, here's what it is for me is it's I mean I'm fully on board with it being a thing as I say about literally everything that I don't listen to but um when it comes to the actual what I the the, the effect I get from that that style of sort of very quite literate um and certainly like 
culturally, you know, deep and attuned um, music that's to do with race relations and, you know, existing modern contemporary life in a city. Um, Social dynamics. Exactly. All that stuff that you can, you know, write a thesis about. Um, obviously, I'd rather hear the song than read the thesis. But um, I sometimes feel like it just, uh, it's unavoidably, it's it makes me feel a bit like, oh, it's just so worthy. Even though it's like, it has to be there. I, I, I get it. And, you, but you know what I mean? I, I just, I, something about the... The, the, that style of kind of social commentary, rap and hip hop. To me, I just kind of go, mm, no, 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 no. Sing a song, do a tune, do a I tune, think, do a well, tune. Well, yeah, I suppose it depends how you engage with the world. Like, do you want music to be la la la? I'm not listening, having a lovely life. Woo! There's not Sweet two Caroline. You know what I mean? There's not the only um, two options. Those are the only two options no. in your one camp or the other, and you never go in between the two. That's, <laughs> I just want. No, I, I think I like. I I really liked my favorite um, Stormzy one was the um, the one with that quite gospely sort of um, yeah. Um, it felt like an evangelical chorus. I can't. I'm not going to sing it. I don't even know the name of it, but it had musically. I just really liked it, and it made me think of that sort of you know being in a church in in the deep south. Um, Alabama or something and it was I loved that one because that to me set it just musically I loved it and then everything that was contained in that song do you do you even know which one I'm talking about can you help I've absolutely oh, no idea bummer <laughs> I might even be making my up a era song. of grime if I'm honest is Dizzy Rascal Tiny Temper Tiny Labyrinth Green. Professor Green Professor Green. Don't make me hang up. What happened to Professor Green? Don't make me hang up. He married someone from Made in Chelsea. That's what happened. Did he though? To Professor Green. That's what's happened. That's what happened to your precious Professor Green, who you I loved so love much, who you insisted on playing in the dressing room before we went to do a show. I can recite I that whole album for you if you'd like, listeners. I I have suffered for your enjoyment of our act. I have to sit through I... some absolute shite with this woman. He, listen, he did songs with Emily Sunday and she believes in God, so it must be good. Yeah, you've just, just nailed the worthy, earnest thing I hate. Professor Green and Emily Sunday doing a song about <laughs> issues, issues, issues. Oh my God, yeah, abuse, violence, issues. Let's do a rap. Like, I just can't defer it. It's just part of me that just goes, no, no. It's very, it's yeah, bad. But he also just did songs about like really fancying someone. So, you know. Yeah, and then and I feel then like I'd Pro Green. He did a good straddle. He straddled nicely. I don't want to know. Don't. As any gentleman in history has had a good straddle, I'd say it's <laughs> Pro, because he had he did he did some really stupid, really funny nonsense, but then was also like oh, also drugs and suicide. Um, <laughs> that, but yeah, people. It. What I said about was that like some of the earnest stuff of his did well, and then I think he thought that was where he needed to go. That's what the people wanted, and I'm like, nah. You should never listen to the people. Oh, daft. People don't know what they want. People do not know what they want. Also, people are obliged to give me what I want. So, I mean, of course, yeah, he, he, yeah, that's <laughs> for me to, to like sit here and be like, no, people who do social justice raps can be allowed. I'm like, it, that's why I say <laughs> I, I don't love want that it. they do it. I just don't take want it, it away. Yeah, just take it away from me, but keep it in the world. Um, yes, that's funny, isn't it? Because I mean, there's so, there's so much of modern music that I've there's so much of pop music generally that I, I I know I have either consciously avoided or just never been exposed to, but certainly the, in recent years, I mean, it's it's a young person's game, pop, isn't it? That's 
kind of the thing. It's it's TikTok. And at our mid thirties, we are on the very cusp of being allowed to even have this we're, conversation. We're middle aged. I mean, next year, people would come and take us away. We're, we're nearer forty than thirty now. I just did a six, <laughs> and I intended for that. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of terrible, isn't it? <laughs> What's great though is I've had a child, so she's gonna like. She'll I'm gonna be you. like the cool mom yep. in uh, Mean Girls. <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not a regular mom. I'm oh, a cool mom. Keep me young. <laughs> I'm going to know all the names of all that, and I'm going to sing little bits of it at her and her friends. <laughs> Mrs. Corcoran, is there alcohol in this? That's what I'm going to ask you. <laughs> no, God, no. What kind of do mother you do you think I am? Just let me know. I'd rather you did in the house. <laughs> um, Anyone who hasn't seen Mean Girls, why go now? I've just remembered a kooky boy. Oh, fantastic, because I really want there to be one. Go. Gautier. <laughs> oh, I suppose yes. So a lot of people are currently going, pardon you. Gautier. That was a name was. of a person who had a hit song. Just the one, bless. It's very good. Could have had more. I don't know. I didn't hear any of his other songs. But he did that one. Now you're somebody that I used to know. Somebody. <laughs> Yeah. Buddy. Yeah. Exactly. The best part. It was <laughs> I think that I think Rihanna guessed it on that part. <laughs> she jumped in just to Buddy. Buddy. That song, when it first came out, we had a little flurry of contact from people who know what we do, either friends or people online who follow what we do and know it, um, to basically say, flag it up to us and to say, You need to do this. And do you remember do you remember why they were saying we should do it? I do not remember why. Bar bar black sheep. Oh yeah, because it that bit, and everyone went, "Oh my god, oh my god, Frisky Radish, Frisky Radish, you've you've got to do a mashup of that and Baba Black Sheep." And we kind of went, "This is why we don't take suggestions." Yeah, there's no suggestion box in our shows, and it was, but you know, not to not to be incredibly judgmental of those people, but it was what it what it really said to me was that that is something that everyone recognised about this song, was that it sampled Baba Black Sheep, which in itself is, is kind of silly. But really... It's kooky. Yeah. It's kooky boy. It. We were like, it's, it's obviously a, one of the, a choice that's a quirk. That, and then, you know, it, it's, it's not a joke. And it's hard to make a joke out of that when it's already knowingly sort of kooky ironic. So it's that's like, it. that's not the joke. So we thought... But we thought we've got to do the joke because this song, this song, there was a time when it was everywhere. I mean, it was in every shop, in ev- on every radio station. It, it it really spread, and it was what, it, well. And also because we were off to Australia, I mean, and we do try, as we, as we do, we do try to be relevant to the locals. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We, like yeah. a song in the whole show, a song, uh, one bit of yeah, of um, one tiny nod of you know, men down under, yeah, to them sharing our lives. Um, so yeah, we were like, yeah, cool. We'll work in Australia. Cool, Let's do cool. It. Well, we'll take a look. Give us, give us a minute. We'll take a look. And then we looked at it, and um, I can't remember how it came about. I can't remember how this idea of who, of where this song could have originally come from. Came Let's about. say it was my idea. I, it probably wasn't, but to I just honest, want to take credit for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine for you to take this one because it, feel, it feels <laughs> it feels like when we started working on it. I mean, because obviously, as soon as we said, you know, we decided who we were going to put in this song. Um, you know, you were very much like, this is absolutely guilty pleasure fun for me to then now do because you loved making that track, didn't you? You you I had did. a ball. And for me, it was like, I don't even need to research this. Like this is, I know exactly what, what harmonies need to go where, what instruments need to be put where. So I feel like between both of us, we were like, this is going to be easy. 
But then yeah. that doesn't mean. And it was also the artist that we chose was somebody we had looked at before. True. Um, True. Because they are deliciously overshadowed by a sibling, which is for people who like to point things out. It just gives you so much to say, really, doesn't I it? Mean. Um, but she's had just enough kind of recognisable hits that it's not like random. Of course. And also, I mean, she's, she's, she's a media personality, certainly in this country as well. Yeah, exactly. Because of um, certain, certain jobs she's taken, yeah. So have a little listen and see if you can spot who dives on into the track. Ooh, oh, singing Gotti. Now and then I think of when we were together. Said you felt so happy you could die. Die, die, die. bouncier, yeah. Told myself that you were right for me. Right for me. I felt so lonely in your company. I don't think you're quite getting it. But I was loving it's an ache I still remember. <laughs> okay, why don't I show you what I mean? But you didn't have to cut me off. It's quite a radical change. Now you're just somebody that I used to know. Okay, I'll just need to check with someone. Um, Kimbra, do you think <coughs> that Danny... This is my verse. Okay. Now that I think of all the times you screwed me over But I'm me believing it was always something that I'd done <laughs> Snorathon? Danny? I don't want to live that way It is quite boring Reading into every word you say <sighs> Said that you could let it go And I wouldn't catch Let's your ditch hump it. up on somebody that Yeah, wreck off, Kimbra But you didn't have to cut me off Make out like it never happened And that we were nothing And I don't even need your love to try That's going to smash it overseas. Hats off to you, Danny. Hats off. Woo! I'm still dancing. Yeah, I'm just clear. We I'm actually clicking. had a dance routine to that. Do you, can you remember it? Uh, I think I can. Do you think you could do it now? I mean, it was very literal. <laughs> <laughs> and also we had to sing at the same time. Yeah. I don't know how people do that. <laughs> well done, Luckily, Sol Foster. We... <laughs> um, yeah. Well done, Cheryl Cole. <laughs> We found our kooky boy there, so that was a good thing. Oh, I thought oh, I thought, I thought um, of another kooky boy. No, it's sorry, it's not a kooky boy, but it's a it's a male heavy trend of the teensies that, in some yeah. ways, um, yeah, moves away from 
just, you know, generally what the mainstream was doing, but then became mainstream in a way. And it was. This reintroduction of folky banjos and mandolins. Oh my God, I was just going to say. I wondered, I wondered if Mumford might Who could have even imagined yeah. that it would be acceptable yeah. in the 2000 teenses yeah. to do folk music? Blue gra- like bluegrassy sort of like hay bale, you know, oh, bring your pies to the county God. social. and Like cider yeah. and so- rosy. That's just a cider, cider with rosy. Yeah, um, cider with rosy. It's also a book. Check it's shirt, lots of things. farmers caps. You know, um, instruments that haven't been seen since Kansas City was invented. Like it's just a lot going on there. But I do also feel like I mean, it was absolutely sanitized. People, people 100%. had way too many teeth for it. It was a very unexpected thing to be cool. Yeah, and a big swing. I can't be. Yes, there's something quite wonderful about that celebration of like the roots of British culture, mm. you know, the history of it and bringing that back out into the mainstream. I mean, I quietly, again, don't want to keep talking about getting old because 35 is not old, but I do feel like as I age. pass more years... As you age. <laughs> as I age. <laughs> Just say age. Wither. <laughs> yeah, as you And crumble aged. into the dust. As you're ageing, yeah. I start to, I'm starting to like folk music. Good. I start to like choose to listen Join to it. Join me. Join me. Yeah, I've I've always loved her. Both a kind of very sort of um superficially folky thing which actually isn't very folky and then something that is truly, you know, one of the on that um system of songs that kind of comes down from, you know, medieval sort of troubadours. Like I just love it all. That style it's to me heaven. is just, you know, and protest it's... songs that are kind of sung around a campfire. Yeah, I'm I'm all here for Delicious. it. I'm all here for it. All here for that, but interestingly, I know you were not here for specifically Mumford and Sons. Well, let me let me say something here. A bit of personal. St- <laughs> let me take you on a personal journey. Um, okay, please do. Because actually, uh, something that I didn't realise at the beginning, but now I know, is that uh, one of the people in Mumford and Sons is called Ben Lovett, and he is a piano player um, and plays. I'm, I think he plays, you know, accordion and other, many other instruments that are of the Mumford ilk. Um, so he, I think you'd recognise him if you, saw, if you don't already know who I'm talking about anyway. But you know, I'm sure you'd know him. He's one of the. He's not Mr. Mumford, but he's one of them. And um, he played at my 18th birthday party because I'm sorry, <laughs> because um, so yeah, I um, when I was 18, so I was in uh, a jazz band and uh, you know concert band when I was a teenager, you know, because I did a lot of bands and orchestras and all that stuff. Um, and a very I, musical listener. Yeah, I, I am. It's always been my life. Uh, I committed from a young age, and um, one of the bands I was in was this local youth jazz band. Um, in my area where I grew up in Surrey and um, I played the piano and then after I played the piano in this band I handed on to this boy called Ben Lovett who took over as the piano player when I got too old and good um, <laughs> so I left I left this little boy Ben in charge of the piano and apparently he was quite good as well um, and then also at the same time I was turning 18 I decided I wanted to have hire out this local um, you know it was actually a, the the hall the kind of the bar area of a football club in the village I grew up in where my dad used to coach the football so we hired Fetch and Park United Football Club uh, team you know bar <laughs> to have my 18th birthday party and hired Mumford and Sons and <laughs> hired a band made up of because I said I just you know I want some live music and it was really cool because it was a bit like you know 
I'm, other, many other 18ths did not have live music. I, mine was quite special for that reason. And I wish I could go back to all my eight, you know, 18th friends and all my friends from school and just say, you do realise I got you Mumford and Sons. But, I mean, I didn't. I got them Ben Lovett and three other very good jazz players from this, this jazz band I used to be part of. But then, and I had totally forgotten about it. But you know what happened? They turned up to play the gig and that my dad had to go and get them from the local train station and, you know, drive them over with their kind of gear and everything. These kind of 17, 18 year old boys. And um, they came with two groupies. They had two girls, uh, sort of 16, 17 year old girls with them. I mean, that boy, he was ready. Do you know, I, and, and the more I think about it, the more I'm like, this is crazy to me. And then so when, so actually, even though, I mean, I, I have to say, I've never really given it the time of day in terms of, I mean, Mumford and Sons, like, I, 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 again, no problem with them. It's never been something I've gravitated towards. I don't think I know more than two of their songs. But whenever I see him, I just think, good for you. Because he was, re- uh, firstly, a really nice guy. And also, he was just obviously really good. And so it's just really nice to think that, some, you know, that can happen. To someone so people, who was so un... Get yourself a booking <laughs> with Matthew Floyd Jones. At Fetch and Park United. Please, I'll, I'll be 18 it's again. It's going to happen. Sure. It'll happen for you. So there you go. There's my little story. So I don't know whether I can be particularly, um, you know, on the fence about Mumford and Sons or, you know, I can't be very objective, can I? Because I just, I think about it and I think they played at my party. (laughs) (laughs) Even though (laughs) Mumford Mumford was not there, neither was Carrie Mulligan. But, you know, kind of it all. But, um, But that's kind of gone. Like, where's that now? I mean, did Bonnie Vare and kind of Hosier, did they sort of try and keep it going? I guess so. And Laura Marling, she's lovely. That's a thing, I suppose. Yes, but it's not as big a thing as it was. Certainly not. No, I think. Um, and then because then, do you remember um, who, who are the, who are those three Californian sisters who do stuff? Um, they're Heim. Yes, Heim. Now I think but they're not folky. No. They sound to me more like Fleetwood Mac. Uh, no, exactly. I mean, in terms of in terms of musical, and choice I adore and them. Style, they're amazing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's great. But do you not think that aesthetically and some of the, the just the general sort of aura around them feels a bit like you know three girls making a band together and they kind of look a bit sort of sun-kissed and like they spend a lot of time in fields. I don't know, that's as, I mean, as spooky as yes, it goes. Yes, but, but I feel like it's a little bit more unwashed hippie than... It's a bit more like the female eagles. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that... That's my vibe. That's the vibe I get. I say this only having seen pictures of Haim and hearing one song. Again, again, well, not an expert, people. You're not listening to this for expertise, are you? I hope. Now, <laughs> please don't. I mean, arguably... Arguably out of the folk majiggles mm. was that part of the birth of the phenomenon of certainly your favourite artist of the last 10 years, Mr. Edward Sheeran. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not dignifying that. I'm not even going to speak to you. Come back to me when you're ready to be serious. So, certainly. <laughs> uh, but come on, you can't talk about Acceptable in the Teensies without talking about I, 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 I mean, hoped we could get to the end without, but sure, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry about it. Uh, is it acceptable? Maybe not. Maybe not. He was maybe more in the singer-songwriter. I mean, he even name-checked Damien Rice himself. Oh, there's a... I think, yeah, I can imagine. I think he probably wants to be that, yeah. That's, that's very much... I think. Well, I think that's what he wanted to be. Wanted, yeah. Yeah, very, very right. Yes. It's quite funny because I actually really enjoy You Need Me, Man, I Don't Need You, which was like his little breakthrough... <sighs> Rap, yeah, and in it he says he wants to be stadium lights like Damien Rice. Hilarious what? now, really. That's really that's poor Damien Rice. He's like, I played a stadium once, yeah. you know, <laughs> and it was an accident. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know what was going. on. It was on. a mixed bill. I thought it was a barn. 
<laughs> it was Wembley. Um, but Ed's, Ed's he's somewhat surpassed that level. He's, he's a leapfrogged poor Damo. Absolutely, yeah. It's um, um, it's too big. But but Ed Sheeran's interesting because he's got very much two sides to like. He's got that kind of singer songwriter kind of emotions. Mm. But then he's also got that like some serious like beats. You know, where it's really kind of he's about like the rap and the rhythm and the and the kind of a completely different vibe. Yeah, it's it's, like the it's track two, he did it's with Pharrell, and then obviously we can't not talk about. I'm in love to shape you. Like that's not something Damien Rice would release. That was shape you know? shape of you, by the way, guys. I, I sometimes yeah, I don't translate for them because I know where you're going before you even get there, but they don't. They wouldn't have known. I don't think that that was shape of you. I appreciate but it was shape that. Of you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two things, two, two, two distinct musical tastes and preoccupations from him that, yeah. for me, uh, marry oddly. Like I, yeah. so I feel like what I feel like I think one of them is more authentic and one of them is postury. And I think for me, the postury one is "You Need Me, Man, I Don't Need You," sort of like word spitting. Even though probably really? actually out of the two, maybe the earnest one is a bit more with its eye on, you know. Sell, sales and kind of appealing to your moony-eyed young fans like you know who's to say which is real but does he have feelings discuss <laughs> yeah are the feelings there's no real? way of knowing or is the rhythm real yeah who knows um i feel like i feel like he's more about the rap and the beats and the i think he wants the to be r&b that. vibes but he feels a bit ginger for it this is it do you know what it is on some anyone who, psychological level anyone who knows about astrology um his his um <laughs> we've gone Sorry, we've gone in, people. Brace, buckle up. Give me a minute, Max, and then stop me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) His his sun sign uh, would be the ballads and the you know earnest kind of you know um, I've been in love with you for seventy years or whatever. And then his rising sign, the sign coming over the horizon, the sign he wants to be his persona to the world, his mask he wears is the rappy sort of uh, you know spitting lyrics and you know wordplay and clever. Kanye, whatever. That oh my might, god! That would I, think, be maybe I totally how I see think it. they're the other way around. I feel like his true self is that, like, essentially, black music trapped in a ginger white man's body. So he like presents the singer songwriter like, "It's okay, guys. I'm not trying to be, you know." But he is so he is so gingery white. Like he just is. It was acceptable in the decade. It was acceptable at the time. So, do we think going forward, do we think a Sheeran's going to be acceptable in the 20s? Yeah. Or has he had his moment? Are we done? Are we like, oh, I'm so bored of your feelings about everyday things? I mean, who's to say? We, we, we can't say. Um, what I can say is no, that, but I'm asking you to say. <laughs> but I'm saying I can't say. But what I'm going to say, I will say one thing, um, is that it's incredible to me sometimes how you're sort of, you know, someone who is someone who does phases, a la Madonna, and is constantly regenerating and and you know, Gaga, I suppose, is also someone who you know has her has her different sort of regenerations. Um, they're obviously looking to constantly try and remain current and relevant in a way, you know, tap into things, preempt things. And then you've got people who 
sort of are more of a constant. And I feel like Ed Sheeran has pretty much been constant since he arrived, hasn't he? He's sort of, I don't think there's been, I don't think you can necessarily establish this was his very distinctive phase of yeah, this. Yeah, he's always had, like we're saying, he's always had the two yeah, things going in, on. Sort of in tandem and, and sort of, you know, yeah, it feels to me like he sort of bounces between the two and sometimes, you know, mix. And I'm, I'm not to say that he's very, you know, not experimental within that, but I just feel like in terms of, and also just general demeanour, aesthetic, the image of him feels pretty consistent, pretty rock solid, pretty, pretty, you know, continuous. And someone, so for someone like that to continue to just go, 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 go until the end of time, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think things ebb and flow in a way that if he, and if he was to remain staunchly, you know, and maybe rightly so, just, just be who he is and that's, that's what he wants to do. And if it goes out of fashion, then it goes out of fashion. He's not going to necessarily try and chase the fashion. Um, then, yeah, I guess it won't last forever. But it's incredible how much it's lasted already. It's already defied my expectation. I mean, it's all right. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Even, Even if he if didn't it never, ever sell another song, <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> Do you know cool. who is still just like constantly loved and constantly sort of, even if their output has kind of significantly just like weakened in recent years, but they're just so already established at the top of their game that it's, they're just basically exist in this rarefied air of, of continual relevance and fabulousness is Elton John. He's just, now, people still love him. Like Lady Gaga bringing him up on stage. Like he's, you know, doing Rocket Man and like winning Oscars and just like, he just, he just, people love him. I feel like he's the original mean girl. I feel like he's so terrifying that everybody feels like they have to say yes to him. And like, I don't know. I don't know that it's always a 100% genuine adoration. I don't know. That is the ugliest effing skirt I've ever seen. I feel like I could see him do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and also like, so you you know with the... um. The whole, oh, what was it called? I can't remember. But the big concert, the benefit concert that they did where everybody sang from their own home. Oh, right. Yeah, All yeah, the yeah, big yeah. artists. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you watch it? God, no. God, no. Oh, okay. Literally, all you need to watch is Elton John and J-Lo. Those are the only ones you need to bother with. <laughs> J-Lo is literally the only one who's styled it and made it look good. And it wasn't super awkward. Oh, was but she she's good? J-Lo okay, and good. she's singing people who need people. And it's just... Anyway, it's brilliant. I love it. Oh, um, oh, that's what that's from. I've seen the clip. Oh, I God, it's it from. And then Elton John yeah. sang I'm Still Standing. He, uh, he got the Beckhams to introduce him. Oh, I heard about this. Yes, I did. You're right. Yeah, Wh- I remember this. Why? <laughs> why would you? Why? What's the why? Nobody cares. <laughs> that is a really odd endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> and then he sings in what has to be it has to be based upon Vic Reeves's club-style singing. God, I hope so. Uh, if it's a comedy piece. Oh my God, if it was a comedy bit. It was amazing. He's Dill Dandin. We don't know who Dill Dandin is, but he is Dill. <laughs> He's Dill. It is... <laughs> I'm on Not board. an exaggeration. This I'm Dill Dandon. I'm Dill. I'm Jill Dandon. Oh my god! It's too soon. It's too soon. It's um, it's amazing, and I don't know that he knows that. I don't know, but I don't know. One's going to tell him, are they? No, of course not. No, fuck is brave enough to stand in front of Elton John and say, um, "That was a piece of comedy genius." What you just made. His style of singing, because you know. Back in the seventies, like yeah, it's, you know, fab voice, like you know, always sort of to, to the sort of. 
camper edge, obviously, as as we know, but but and also you know to to the slightly more affected edge than just a kind of a real sort of you know sit, lived in voice. Like there was there was affectation to the vocal, wasn't there? But I just feel like that has gradually gone out of control to the point it's, where it's 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 gone to its logical conclusion. Exactly, and there's been no. Curbing. It's continued on its there's trajectory, no, and now yeah. it's there. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, fully on board. Don't get me wrong. Um, I you know extraordinary writing beautiful amazing some of my favorite songs but he's got a um, gift you've got i feel it. like he's still popular because people are scared of him that's what i'm gonna say. I'm, just, I'm just gonna say well no but that's that's actually useful because i i couldn't really figure out why so that if that is a very convenient thing for us to uh, to assume um and by the way if i now go missing just saying <laughs> you've, you've got a lot of enemies so i don't think we could just say it's <laughs> it could be <laughs> Could be anyone. All those other cabaret divas going, oh, I'm going to get her. Ellie Golding saying, how dare you. <laughs> Jesse Jay's like... All the people we've mocked, yeah, they've, they've got, you know, your next on With the line, love. I, With love. I think you're all amazing. I can be like, she made me do it. I'm just a musician. It was acceptable in the decade. I mean, do you know what I think wasn't even acceptable at the time, but they tried mm. to, he tried to make himself acceptable? Robin Thicke. Oh, Robin! He really misjudged the tenor, Thick. the tenor of the moment, and what a name as well, <laughs> Thick. But uh, do you know? No, I do. I have a bit of a bless him about him because you think it was just mis- misguided. He wasn't doing anything that every fucking guy wasn't doing. Jermaine, like it wasn't to, new. It was just more ostentatiously sort of. It was. It was easier to pull the rug from under because it was. It, it was, too was and it was. Everybody was ready. Everyone was ready to go. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah exactly. And exactly. everyone finally yeah, yeah. got to the point where they were like, I don't want you to, to say that I want it when me. I don't exactly, yeah. know if I do want it. And like, you know, it was... And I don't know that, that he, he and Pharrell could have known that that moment was coming. I don't think, you know, I don't think they're blameless, obviously. I think that that, that attitude that is there and is prevalent, it went unchecked for too long. Exactly. And they it's, not ex- it's not excused. We're not excusing it, no. No. Uh, but... You know, they they got lynched because they were the ones there saying it in that moment. Yeah, they, I mean, it was, and it was stealing it was Marvin dramatic. Gaye's beats yeah. to do it. It was like it was like um, yeah, it was the it was the final straw, and then it was that is the example we make uh, in order to to make a statement uh, about what we are. You know, yeah, what what we consider acceptable. But that's I guess that's what I mean is that yeah, it's that he. We finally went. No, it's not acceptable exactly. in the exactly, and we but we did it literally at the time. This is the only example yeah. I can think of anything we brought up in any of these podcasts where someone was roundly told that they weren't acceptable, literally in the moment. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, and it was like, also a huge. Literally, number. this is not acceptable. <laughs> we said, yeah. I mean, on I think he still made a lot of money off the the song because it did go. to Well, no, because they had to give it all to Marvin Gaye, didn't they? But, oh yeah, eventually they did. You're right. Yeah. So what a what an exercise in futility that and what was. What a coda to the sorry tale. What a what a terrible end to Robin Thicke's career and oh God. And then I quite tragic. And I really. put on a Robin Thicke mask in one of our shows, and he was the villain of the piece. It was acceptable. I guess we could talk about Lana Del Rey. Lana Del Mother Ray. Elizabeth something. What's her real name? Talking about irrelevant. Talking about authenticity. Irrelevant. She is Lana Del Rey. Oh. <laughs> Lana Del Rey. I mean, at no other time. I mean, I saw her live at Glastonbury, Did and you? it was one of the worst noises 
I've ever heard emanate from a human. <laughs> or an animal. She wasn't <laughs> she wasn't gifted with live uh she maybe wasn't experienced in live. Yes, well work. she yeah, she I mean she was very much a kind of yeah, it was it was all about the smoke and mirrors with her, wasn't it? Until she then had to kind of go and perform as herself and then it became yeah. clear it was like, oh, no, this is this is a studio sort of ambience we're creating with her, aren't studio we? Studio thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of. I mean, not that, I mean, I, I don't know to what degree. I mean, you're the one, you obviously have more experience of her live than me to be able to say what you think maybe her actual oh, skill level is. I lasted, I lasted one song and God. then... But is that played. also, is that also, I mean, I, I would venture to say that you might not be a huge fan of that general style. I lo- it's a vibe. Okay, it's a okay. vibe I'm into. I'm happy to hear it okay. and for it to be around and on and a, a sort of thing. indulgent, sort of like you're very swimming in reverb and swimming. It's in a indulgent. beautifully produced effect. Yeah, but yeah, I don't hate it. You know, I'm like that though. I, there's not a lot of things that I kind of dismiss out of hand. It's like when people ask, you know, favorite song, favorite wine, favorite cheese. There's one for every occasion. There's always yes, a moment that. you are very good. That's at that. perfect for that particular thing in that time. Um, yeah. Except for you know, um, I could penny. I could just drink you know a fruity cabernet sauvignon and eat Conte and listen to Dua Lipa all the time. That, interesting and I do. that those three came out. There you go. But you want to be really really versatile. But that's that's your holy trinity. <laughs> oh well, I'll have got my go tos, but. Um, <laughs> But they'll change. They'll change. Yeah. Though there are seasons, but also, you know, of course, I want a Malbec so sumptuous you could slice it with a roast dinner. I'm not an animal. <laughs> and with not. said roast dinner, perhaps I'll have a Lana Del Rey on, See. and I'll maybe finish it off with a Stilton. You know, so she, she's a cheese. <laughs> it's the occasion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 No. True. I mean, but then, I, so I guess what. So, so what you're actually saying? It's it's regardless of the actual stylistic choices it was just that she did not have a handle for you on her live execution of what she was trying not to at do. that stage i believe she's improved which is great news for the world I'm sure. um, but we talked about in another one didn't we about how you know bum notes were acceptable and you know they happened and they don't happen anymore well luckily lana was there <laughs> yeah but the 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 you know tracks that she releases are just you know it's like she's singing from God. So, you know, obviously the it's oh you have to catch them live to realise they're still human. You know. That's true. The the the, the C D will not tell you they're human. Yeah. I mean um yeah. is she I is think... she human is my question. Let's take it to the well, basics. We did actually again, we we looked at this. We did. <laughs> we looked at where she may have come from, what her influences may have been. What is she? And what is uh, I think I think this is a ser- this is a legit possibility of how she came to be. Leaning for a big kiss 
Just put his favorite perfume on Go play your video game My child, you have done well Teacher, you're here Today, but I see your face Flattering child, you shall know me See why in shadow I hide Look at your face in the Your lips are awesome. Thank you. We begin the music lesson with a scale. Video mm -hmm. guys. Yes. Once there was this girl who video games with the girls in the change room and where they finally made her his hair had turned from black into bright white it's you i can't believe it's you they couldn't quite explain it they'd always just be Guy from the crash test. Brad Roberts, come on. Sorry. Feet don't fail me now. Yes. Cause you and I, we were born to die. Somebody was driven mad by their mentor? Sarah Brightman. Oh. Sing! Sing, my angel! You are ready. Just, you know, just, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Uh, IJS. Oh, God. That guy. I'm sure at this point we must have exhausted the teensies. I can't think of one more teens. I mean, I can't think. Oh, my God, though, I have just thought oh, of one of more teens thing. On, final one. Your final parry. Little Mix! <laughs> We've got a new name. It's... Little X. They they they, they mentioned in a in a news thing recently. I saw a, a, a tweet or a headline or something about how they now think, oh, if only we hadn't chosen that name because it is ludicrous and terrible. It's such a stupid name. Yeah. Rhythmics was great. Rhythmics was there. If fine. anybody's like, what are you talking about? When they were on the X Factor, they were all auditioned individually and they were put together by Shreza C. And she gave them the name Rhythmics, which was awesome. And then some uh, community music group from somewhere or something that nobody had ever heard of. Went, We're called Rhythmics. <laughs> We're registered charity. Yeah. So <laughs> doing, doing incredibly good. important exactly. community work. Helping the kids. Boring. Helping the kids mix rhythms. So, so then, uh, so then they, they had to change it in the space of about three days. 
Yeah. Obviously gave it a huge amount of thought. <laughs> that announcement video of them going, Little X. And I remember, we, I think both of us just went, what? Like, just screamed at the TV. Like, terrible, terrible name. Like, just don't take terrible. the mix out. It almost was a bit like they thought they had to keep mix so people knew it was still them. And they had to just replace, like, the first syllable with something. But um, I was just like, no, can't you just call yourself, I don't know, Fatherland. <laughs> okay, that would also be terrible. Please don't do that. That's got extremely <laughs> offensive overtones. I looked at my bookshelf. It was the first thing I saw. <laughs> it's the novel, Fatherland. Okay. Or, you know, The Witches of Eastwick. Like, that would have been great. What a great name for it. it. The, the Witches of Eastwick is a or, strong girl band name. Or Literary Terms and Literary Theory. Like, that would have been great. I'm just saying. <laughs> listen, new K-pop bands. Matthew's bookshelves. So that's what you need. Yeah, yeah. That's basically, oh, that's where our name for skin management came Indeed, from. Indeed, so. that's why I was, that was my inspiration. <laughs> I'm looking along. At least we opened the book at a random page. It's just going, Weird Sisters. How about that? <laughs> Natalie Wood. <laughs> Natalie Wood. Weird alive. Sisters. Let's, that's Should've a great a name for a band. Um, they, now, what is interesting actually about them, and I'll lump in the 1D into this, yeah. is that the bands made from a TV show were allowed to be cool. It wasn't the hearsay. It wasn't Liberty X. Okay, Liberty X were kind of cool, but not really. I mean. Not proper cool. But Little Mix and One Direction, they they transitioned in a way that no bands ever had before. Because of the whole thing, wasn't there, about how all the bands from the talent shows never it do just well? It never happened, yeah. They, I mean, well, because Little Mix were the first to win. One Direction were the first to be global, I think. Like, they were first to kind of make it into a, a sort of, you know, new Beatles type situation. And then Little Mix actually won and then sort of did it themselves. So they are kind of, yeah, the two bastions of that theory. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And I don't think yeah. anybody saw that coming. Oh, God, no. You... And they are just like a collection of extremely lucky kids. Bless them. Doing great. Yeah. It's, well, I remember because when we watched that, because we were covering that, um, I'm sure everyone knows we were covering that season of X Factor, um, doing vid blogs of it. And we very quickly positioned ourselves behind Little Mix because I think we felt like they were so underdoggy and kind of just, yeah, four girls lumped together. They all kind of seemed like they sort of, you know, did silly voices with each other and just kind of had a good time and a bit of a laugh or whatever. So they had a nice kind of feel to them. It didn't feel too machinery, even though potentially. No, I adored it. And I yeah. still, I think I still do largely. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm obsessed with, with Jade. She's just she's the best she's by just far. Yeah, brilliant. she's she's fantastic. And also, um, uh, uh, Jessie did a whole documentary about bullying, didn't she? Which apparently was very affecting and effective in kind of you know getting that sort of you know yeah putting that into teens' worlds, something that would hopefully you know help people. Well, that's cool. Although she flashed me the Evils ones. What? Oh, here's your so here's your working. Mumford and Sons Fetch and Park United story. Here we go. Little, little Mix played at your birthday party and she evil. Pull up a chair, everybody. <laughs> Light the fire. Get the kettle on. Uh, no, it's not that good. It was just, I was uh, I was doing a, um, working at a restaurant in London that has uh, live circus entertainment. Oh. I Were you was serving the drinks? The oh, evening. right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Rude. Sorry. MCing. Um, and as part of my role at that time, they, they asked that we, uh, you know, go between the tables and sort of have a little chat. And, and it was lo- generally lovely. Molly from the Saturdays was a dream. <laughs> I forgot that didn't was even, even a thing. She, I'm not going to lie. I didn't recognise her, but she was so beautiful and she was so nice. And we had a lovely chat and it was great. And then afterwards, they're like, no, you know, text Molly. I was like, yeah, no. Didn't. <laughs> um, so stupid. I was super excited to go over and say hey to Jessie and was... Evil flashed away. Literally, what she just wouldn't, she wouldn't participate. She just looked up and she did that like squinty-eyed smile. That's like, don't you dare talk to me. Yeah, and I will stab you with this chopstick. <laughs> Effective um, weapon. Yeah, 
and uh, it was. Um, I'm it so was, sorry you had was, to go through that. You, really, if you want to do your own documentary, like, I think maybe I should about, about being Jessie. bullied by Jesse from Little Mix <laughs> and release it. 0.5 seconds. <laughs> release it as a kind of in the workplace, piece. no less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god, it was workplace harassment and bullying <gasps> from from a woman in a great position of power. Oh my goodness, you were abused. Super upset. Okay. Well, that's the end of the decades. I mean, we can't go any further because we're not soothsayers and uh, fortune tellers. So we really hope that uh, our idea to take it decade by decade and look at the acceptability and non-acceptability, more importantly, of what was going on um, has tickled you and tickled your fancies and made you feel yes, all gooey. I hope you've enjoyed the little bits of stuff of our bits and bobs. Not a euphemism well. um, from the past. You can find that uh, most of that stuff and other things on YouTube if you want more. And SoundCloud and Bandcamp. I mean, you can download it. You can, you know, pay us. As previously discussed, we think there's still a MySpace. Get into it. I bet you can't pay on that, but you can definitely buy stuff from Bandcamp and SoundCloud and stuff. <laughs> Is that going to be it? Are we, gonna, are we never going to do another podcast ever again? Well, I have a feeling that there might be a tricky little special, a little bit different oh, you do. that we might... Oh, you do, do you? Oh. Have whips up our sleeves um but for now we hope that you've um enjoyed these offerings and that is all they are but humble offerings at your feet to hopefully divert you for a little bit more time so until the next time um thank you and bye bye this podcast was written and presented by laura corcoran and matthew jones and produced by barry hilton all rights reserved and please contact us for any copyright information and don't sue us